Hello, everyone, and welcome into Debate Night. I'm Hunter, joined by Silas live in the studio and Brody virtually from Mexico. Uh, looks like he's getting his tan on down there in tank top. Heck yeah. Uh, Trying. Life. Um, Trying. So, yeah, so Brody, first off, how's Mexico? How's the trip going? It's good, you know. Uh, this is one of our favorite places. Uh, it's Pueblo Benito. It's about 45 minutes south of uh, Cabo San Lucas, which is the airport you kind of fly into. Mm. And it's a nice little slice of heaven down here. You know, it's an all-inclusive resort, which me and Kelsey, and Kelsey are suckers, suckers for the all-inclusive. We absolutely love them. Can't get enough of them. Um, and it's got one of the best golf courses, courses I've ever played, I've ever played just, down just down the street. The street. So, so it's a good it's little, a good little mixture for me and her. And, and uh, uh, yeah, this is our last night here. And I'll be back. Uh, back, in back in Virginia tomorrow, tomorrow and then back at work, at work on, Thursday. on Thursday. So nice, nice. That's yeah, a quick little trip. I didn't realize you're coming back that soon. For some reason, I thought you were gone all week. But well, we well leave we leave we leave the following week to another place. So, so that's, that's like kind of back. Yeah, it's back to back. So all right, looks like we got some uh, people are saying killer echo on Brody. I don't know if the Skype call is coming through on OBS or something, Silas, but. Uh, Anyways, I'll give an update with Foundation with my mic, and then we'll uh, while Silas just, figures I, that out. I just muted my mic on Skype, so I might have just fixed oh, it. Oh, there myself. we go. Okay, hopefully Should that works. Good. Hopefully that works, but uh, I will... Uh, yeah, so I got to see Trevor today for the first time in like three weeks. Uh, pretty excited about that. He was in the Foundation Nation video that's coming out tomorrow. We... Um, we decided to put ourselves through the presidential fitness test. Well, Connor put us through it. So Silas, Trevor, and I went through it, and you'll have to see where we stack up percentile-wise against the fittest sixth graders in the country. Um, Wait, are you guys doing like the sit and sit and reach and all that the stuff? The sit and reach. We did the sit-ups, uh, the like whatever the back and forth drill is, and then the pacer test. Mile. The shuffle. Or no, the shuttle. The you shuttle, do the yeah. mile Oh, we no didn't do the mile run. run. No mile run. We did the pacer test, which that's not technically part of the presidential fitness thing, but Connor wanted to abuse us, so he put it in there at the end as well. So that comes out Dang. tomorrow. Trevor's return to the channel. Pretty exciting. The sit and reach was always the thing that crushed me. Yeah. Yeah, that, I, won't that, say, that, I won't say who, but one of us really struggled with it. One of us got negative 12 inches. We'll just leave it at that. He went inside himself? Well, no, no. It, it measures. It measures from your. What? It measures from the bottom of your heel past. So you have to reach past your feet to get a positive, a positive uh, reach. And okay. this person okay. was a foot shy of their their bottom of their feet. So okay. Uh, yeah. Th there you have it. So yeah, I'll let you, Brody. You got all the topics planned out. I'll let you kind of decide where we're where we're going. Yeah. No. I'm. I've been trying to keep up. I've been trying to keep up with the with what's going on in the disc golf world, even though I'm, you know, in a spot that literally no one probably has any idea what disc golf is. Mm -hmm. um, I think the the nearest course is eons away from where I am right now, which is a little unfortunate. I almost brought a disc out to the golf course today, uh, but I, I I thought it'd probably be better not to do that. So I think the first thing we got to talk about is literally as we ended our podcast. Ricky goes on Smashbox and basically calls Foundation out, but really probably calls you out yeah. for being for being the TMZ of disc golf. Now, TMZ 
I, you can look at that as kind of a compliment in a sense of where they actually a lot of times break a lot of news regarding celebrities. Like they were the first ones, I believe, to break the news about Kobe Bryant. Uh-huh. I think they were the first ones to break the news about um, Bob Saget oh recently. Bob Saget recently. Uh, but when it comes to like TMZ, I think some people think of like the bad side of it, which is like the paparazzi side. Yeah. And, and like getting inside scoop and all that stuff. So do you want to just let everyone know? Cause I'm sure some people are still asking questions. What's the relationship between you and Ricky? How's that looking like right now? I mean, everything's, everything's fine. So, well, first off, it's not like Ricky and I were like super close to begin with. I'm not super close with pretty much any pros on tour except for Paul and Brody. But, um, to, when you watch the actual comment, it was definitely made in a bit of a joking manner. So, I got blown out of proportion a little bit, I think, because his manager then came out, came after someone who leaked the actual contract details. And because it was said right after the foundation comment, then it looked like they were also talking about us. But no one here knew any of the contract details. Uh, The only tweet I sent that had them in it was after the announcement was made. So that comment wasn't about us. Someone else leaked the contract details, but it was like all put together. So I reached out to Rick. I had already apologized indirectly to Rick through a mutual connection who was like talking to me about the whole situation. And so I reached out on Twitter DMs and like messaged Rick. I was like, Hey, you know, saw, saw the thing on Smashbox. Just wanted to let you know, you know, that I've not, basically I just explained why I sent it, why I thought it was stupid that I had sent the tweet and how we were moving on. And, um, yeah, he responded back. I was like, oh, no worries at all. He actually told, said multiple times that he really appreciated all that we were doing for the sport and the positive impact we had. And that tweet rubbed him the wrong way a little bit, but uh, that, you know, it was all, wasn't, wasn't a big deal and was water under the bridge. So he also, I think, addressed where he was kind of like, they were talking about leaks and stuff like that. And he kind of like laughed and was like, I don't even know what foundation is. Kind of just seems like the TMZ of disc golf. I don't know. And then it just moved on. But that comment, obviously, because we're, people tend to not like us sometimes got blown out of the water. So, I mean, I never really thought it was much of a story to begin with, but there's a non-story. Yeah. Non-story. Some things, some things just, you know, pop off on Reddit and pop off different places for who knows what reason. And that was one of them. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Well, uh, I got, I get, I get off the, the course today and my phone's blowing up because I don't, we don't have Wi-Fi. We have Wi-Fi in a lot of this, the area on this resort, which is actually very, very nice. So it's not like you have to be just confined to your room to get Wi-Fi. But there is no Wi-Fi on the golf course. So I get back from you know our three-and-a-half-hour, four-hour round, whatever it might have been, and my phone's blowing up. Chris Dickerson to Discraft. Yeah. Now, that was kind of the worst treat. I think a lot of people did put like two and two together when Ricky did say that Discraft went after him. Mm-hmm. It kind of made it seem like they were willing to throw a lot of money out towards someone. I guess the interesting questions there, for me, the interesting question is, what was the offer that Ricky turned down? Mm-hmm. Was it the same? Was it the same offer that he got at DD, or was there maybe some other stuff where DD said, "Hey, we'll get you your own line of discs and all this stuff," and Discraft didn't do that, and so that was more, and in, in, that was a bigger incentive for Ricky. Because um, I think if you look at the numbers, right, four years. $1 million worth. And do you want to explain to some people too, what the difference is there? Because I, I even myself asked you 
what was the deal exactly because obviously one million guaranteed means no matter what happens they're paying you a million dollars but what's the difference between you know ricky's contract of uh you know a million dollars a year guaranteed versus dickerson's four-year one million dollar worth yeah so we've seen this kind of before i th- I forget what deal it was but we've seen a company kind of announce like a, a deal's worth this amount and they don't say guaranteed um so i think the biggest difference is like in dickerson's deal he did say when he wrote out his instagram post that there is a minimum guarantee that makes sure he lives very comfortably what that guarantee is we don't know we may never know um and then while where the deal is quote unquote worth seven figures is there's kind of twofold. This one, it seems to be once you add in all of the perks as well as the royalties and there might be like some guaranteed as to how many discs they make with those royalties. But it's pretty much like from what I was understanding, he's getting an RV. I'm sure his travel expenses, entry fee, stuff like that's going to be paid for. So when you factor in four years of all of that, you got to factor in a lot of value there. There is the minimum guarantee that we don't know how much of the value that takes up. I would imagine it's probably close to 500000 across four years, but that's pure speculation. No, There's no confirmation on that out there anywhere. Um, and then you obviously have the tour series buzz and any other Chris Dickerson stuff that they do. You just saw, I think they had, I think I had heard over 4,000 of the custom stamp buzzes drop today. I think someone said they saw it on the site. Like when you add to your cart and go up, um, I'm not sure I can check that. Uh, but you know, if that's a, if you get a few bucks of discs, a few bucks per disc and you sell, even if you sold 3000 of them and you got $3 per disc, that's $9,000 right there. And we're in day zero of the contract. So I think that's kind of where the um, worth came from is like, they're saying it's estimated to be worth at least a million dollars, but it again is there's no, there's no limit. There's no cap on how big the deal can be. So it's again, one of those deals where if Dickerson sold more plastic than anyone else in the history of mankind, he would be the richest disc golfer. Um, and everyone probably just thought they got email because my phone, my computer popped out an email notification. But it's just one of those deals where you don't know how much it's going to end up being, um, but it could be kind of infinitely high. Uh, his buzz did not sell out yet. Yeah, I think it's also, you know, it's it's tough to, to say exactly when, because like for us, when we have a disc that we release, we literally only have that much of the disc. Yeah, there's right? only 879 left. So they've at least sold three, like 3,200 since someone made a post a mere two hours ago. But they definitely could have added more. Yes, you know, that's, that's what that's what thing. you don't know. You don't know that's, how many have been thrown in. As a manufacturer, you just say, hey, let's, let's make 1,000 of these things. You make 1,000 and all of a sudden, 800 are gone in a couple minutes. And now it's like, okay, well, let's throw a couple more thousand on there. So it's it's tough to say exactly how many. Yeah. But it's fair to say that they are selling well, and I think too Dickerson has a, a very good fan base. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see um, kind of how his season goes. I think obviously being a Discraft sponsored player myself, it's gonna be very easy for him to to switch over to the Dis, um, and. I think he's going to be very, you know, I don't think his playing, it's, I don't think there's any question of whether or not his skill level is going to still be there. Oh, yeah. Uh, where some players, when you go from one manufacturer to another, you start questioning how they're going to do. 
Um, I don't think anyone was questioning that with Ricky either, right? Because he's so familiar with those discs as well, Mm -hmm. where some other deals um, you kind of question like, how how are they going to do? And I think also Dickerson fits really well in with the uh, the type of stuff that's going over on at, D- at Discraft as well. Um, I did see some chatter about the announcement video, and I would say it's probably very similar. Kelsey Kelsey just joined. Um, I would say the announcement video is probably very similar to kind of like the first couple of videos Paul were in. Where if you go back and watch Paul Paul's like early early videos, um, he doesn't have the same presence on camera as he does now, mm-hmm. and I think that's probably gonna be very similar to with Dickerson. Is Discraft does do a good job of putting players in front of the camera multiple times, and also has people on their team as well that's very good in front of the camera that can kind of help. Uh, get people's character and personalities out a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be a good fit for Dickerson because one of the things that you always heard about Dickerson was how good of a player he was. Yeah. But you rarely ever got to hear about how good of a person he is mm-hmm. and, and just how good of a personality he has as well. Cause he is more on the quiet side. And so I think this switch over to Discraft, I think you're going to see more of that from Dickerson. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see him out there throwing Discraft this year. Yeah, one thing, as soon as the deal was announced, even when it was like being speculated leading up to today when the deal was announced, Dickerson's play style just lines right up with, with Discraft, kind of like you were saying. Uh, I've always thought that he played very well with Prodigy's discs, um, and I, I still think that. I think that he... It's unfortunate that he is gone from Prodigy for Prodigy's sake because I think that he and his play style is one of the best matches for Prodigy on the market. With that being said, I think he'll be able to very easily transition into Discraft just because Prodigy has like a Prodigy's disc in my experience fit a like Heiser flip game very well, whereas Discraft pretty much any game will fit. But I think with Dickerson's overall complete game, he's going to fall in love with a disc like The Undertaker, a disc like The Buzz, and stuff that he can really kind of flip up and, and uh, control. And like you were saying, I do think that Discraft's also going to do, he even mentioned it, build up the, the Chris Dickerson brand a bit more, which will kind of peel back the layers and let people kind of see who Chris really is as a person. And knowing Chris you know, fairly well in comparison to other players on tour, because I've played with him probably more than any other tour player I've ever been around, he's got to be one of the the best quality guys on tour. So extremely happy to see this happen for him. And uh, I also think that the more people get to know him, his fan base is only going to grow. What, uh, what are your thoughts on the prodigy situation? Do you think Dickerson leaving hurts prodigy more? Or do you think now, Pro, you know, prodigy signs the big KJ deal, right? Mm-hmm. Dick Dickerson and you know there has been speculation that Dickerson and Cat find out about the big Kevin Jones deal and go what the heck is going on here they bounce do you think though ultimately this might end up being good for Prodigy because now you have one marquee guy in Kevin Jones on the MPO side and if Kevin Jones goes out and has an incredible season could this do you see this at all being a positive or do you think prodigy at the end of the day is going to lose from losing dickerson i definitely think they're going to lose i think 
I think overall they're going to lose mainly because they're also losing Katrina Allen, who honestly I think is one of the the best pushers. Losing Cat, of- that, that's why I didn't bring up Cat. Yeah, losing Cat is is a loss. The yeah. question is though, your straight Dickerson Dick- versus lo- keeping losing Kevin Dickerson, Jones. and you still have Kevin Jones. Yeah, does does that end up being like? Would they have been better off throwing? you know, a million dollars at Dickerson for four years or saying, Hey, we, we just signed KJ to a huge deal. Let's focus all our time and effort and money on KJ. I definitely, I, I think that it would have been worth their time and energy to keep Dickerson and try to find a way to market him simply because Chris has an, uh, I don't even know what how to describe it, but he has a very, very heavy tie to his local region. So basically, whatever Chris throws, you're going to see an enormous amount in his local region, and that is just continuing to grow and grow and grow to where like every hour that I drive towards Tennessee from where I'm at in Virginia, there is more and more prodigy throwers, purely because of Chris Dickerson and Zach Melton previously. And I'm sure a lot of those throw- players know why Dickerson left I don't personally know but if Dickerson didn't leave Prodigy on good terms with which how he was selling his bag like his entire bag of discs and stuff like that I'm going to assume he wasn't then that's going to spread throughout the local area quickly and those players won't stand for Dickerson being treated poorly if that's what actually happened and therefore they will switch to Discraft now is just the local area enough no but Dickerson's honestly I would if I had to bet money head-to-head Dickerson versus Kevin Jones on an entire season, I would put more money on Dickerson to win a tournament over Kevin Jones across the duration of a season. I just think Dickerson is that good of a player. I just think sometimes we forget because he's not always on tour, not always on the road. And so every once in a while, his name pops up. We're like, oh yeah, Dickerson, forgot about him. Whereas Kevin Jones, we're hearing week in and week out. If you know they, he has an RV now, he has a much bigger contract that he's talked about who's to say we're not going to see him go to the West Coast? And if we do, there's a real chance that the next year's standings are going to have Ricky, Paul, Eagle, Calvin, and then Chris Dickerson as fifth. And Kevin Jones, where he's good and has a ton of upside, right now I put Kevin Jones in like the seventh to tenth best player in the world range, and I definitely put Dickerson in the top five, top six, somewhere in that range. So to me, I think if I was was Prodigy, and I had a scenario where I was physically and financially able to keep Kevin Jones and Chris Dickerson, that's what I'm doing 100% of the time. And I definitely think that Dickerson leaving hurts Prodigy. I won't say drastically, but I, they're going to be hurt by it, yes. Well, we're, 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 to, to put a ribbon or a bow on this, and we'll move on here in a second, what are your thoughts on the different price points between the KJ deal and the Dickerson deal? If it's around the same number wise, yeah, I think Chris is worth that. The only tough part for Chris is the social media side of things. Well, no, I was just going to say he's now in player shadows to where at Prodigy, yes, he had Kevin to go back and forth with, but it was really like who's going back and they're going back and forth to who's the face of the company. Um, Discraft, Discraft is getting very, very deep. Yes. Very deep. And so that's the other question, too, because it's like... Discraft's Innova building for, the Innova team from 10 years ago. Death Innova basic, Yeah, Innova basically has has the depth, or used to have the depth, right? Like a couple seasons ago, essentially. Mm-hmm. 
And now Discraft is having basically the same situation with the Adam Hammies, Paul Macbeth, Chris Dickerson. Uh, and then, I mean, heck, you even have some young guys kind of moving up the, the ladder really, really quickly over at Discraft. Yeah. And then on the FPO side, too, they're starting to add some some killers over there as well. Obviously, they have Paige Pierce, Missy Gannon um, as well. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of how that all fits in because at the end, of the day, it's, it's different because when you look at, again, when you look at other individual sports, uh, like sponsorships, I guess. I mean, because you can look at obviously golf head to head, but you can also look at like Nike, for example, or Under Armour, other like big brands that sponsor individual players and see how they can basically market all, all these individual players at the same time. Yeah. But we're, but we're talking about massive companies that mm-hmm. have massive amount of employees, massive amount of budgets to spend to this. a very important part to that as well, before you keep going, is massive fan base. They're not pulling it all from one sport. Yeah, and so that is the question. And this kind of goes into, someone asked too this question, do you think, someone said, do you think a player that has over... Like, let's say uh, they put $70,000. I think that's kind of just arbitrary number. Mm-hmm. But if a, if a player has over $70,000 guaranteed, should they have a tour series disc was a question that I saw. And that, that's actually an interesting question because the tour series disc, at the end of the day, the reason why manufacturers and stuff bumped up the prices so much is because they were giving a bigger cut of those discs to the players to help those players go out and tour. Mm-hmm. If you're making $70,000 guaranteed and that doesn't even include the money that you're making from uh, the money you're making from tour winnings and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Do you necessarily actually need that? Oh, so, you, so you're saying the opposite direction of what I thought you were saying of why give a tour series disc to a person who's making $100,000 a year guaranteed. Yeah, because the idea of the tours, correct me if I'm wrong, I was told when I came into disc golf, the idea of the tour series disc was to support players while they're on tour. Correct. Why do you need Why do you need to support someone when they're already making enough money to give them on tour? So I guess that was the question of like, are, are, are we going to see any kind of feedback or pushback of like, hey, why are we selling these discs for $25 when we could sell them for 20 or 18 because you don't need to ha- you know, jack up the prices on these discs. It's an interesting well, question. The price going up, though, partially is what you're saying of paying players more. But it's also just the cost of supplies are going up in general. Well, yeah. That is, it's always going to go up for sure. But what you know, I'll say is year after year, since Paul's gone to Discraft, his tour series disc has been the best selling. And so if that's the ideology people are going to adopt of why would I buy a disc that is like is supporting someone who doesn't need the support? I mean, it's pretty obvious 10 year, $10 million, like the tour series thing. If people were thinking that way, they wouldn't be buying Paul's tour series. And yet every time a tour series Luna comes in, it goes back out the door. So yeah, I don't really think that's going to be an issue now, whether or not on the company side, why are they doing it? I think it's just because like, if you have someone and you're trying to measure what they bring in, the easiest way is put their name on a disc and sell it. And then if you, it's a really good negotiating tactic of like, hey, 
we have these tour series discs. Let's see how yours moves. Okay, the Chris Dickerson Buzz moved, you know, 10 X units. Yeah. Paul's Luna moved 20 X units. And the Presnell Force moved 5 X units. So if Presnell comes yeah. asking for a contract bigger than Dickerson, you can easily be the like, only, well, here's the numbers. The only thing I don't like, I, I, get, I get what you're saying. And for sure, you can use that to basically say like, hey, we why why are we paying you more money if you can't move this disc? The only thing I don't like about that is we all know certain molds are going to be able to be moved way easier. The interesting thing there, and this kind of goes back to the, uh, what is it called when you have, um, not consumption, it's um, when you have something eating itself. What is that called? Um, Silas, come on now. Uh, Silas ain't got a clue. He's shaking his head. Silas, Silas knows. Can can Silas not talk? No, he can't. Oh, I can you not hear me? Not through the. Oh, I guess I can hear you through. Hunter's oh, because this through. It's yeah. fine. Uh, no, we don't know what you're talking about. But we know what you're talking about. We just don't have the the words. So keep going though. Okay, so the thought. So what we were kind of talking about is like when you had when you keep adding adding more cannibalism. I can't even say it. Cannibalism Canna- is when you eat something of your the same i was gonna say yes. that but that's i don't I'm think saying. that's Can't... the right word no no that is what i'm thinking of so f- hear me out hear me out and this goes back to what you're saying is like when when you're nike and you're sponsoring 18 different athletes mm-hmm. you're hitting a whole different market right mm-hmm. with a lot of these athletes yeah where obviously with disc golf manufacturers you're hitting one market so the question is it <laughs> stay with me the question is, if everyone did a buzz, okay? So you yeah. have a Pierce buzz, a Macbeth buzz, a Dickerson buzz, a Hammy's buzz. If you all did buzzes and you're like, okay, let's see how who sells the best buzz, there will be some cannibal, cannibalism, right? In the you're, sense of where... Look, what you're saying makes complete sense, but you're using the absolute wrong that word. There's the right no word. way that's what you mean to use. Basically, you're saying like, there's going to be like, I want to buy a buzz. So I'm going to pick the buzz of Paul or whoever I want on the team. And then everyone else's buzz isn't going to sell. Whereas if Hammy's had a, Hammy's had a zone, then I'd buy the buzz and the zone. Yes. Yes. So that's why it would be interesting to see if everyone had buzzes. Yeah. Because then at that point, you're really picking like your, your number one, number two, or number three guy versus you, you know, you put anyone on the zone. Heck you put my name on the, the zone when i first came in this, this sport and it sold yeah right? like you put anyone on the zone and it's gonna sell everyone loves the zone and and all you gotta do too with the zone is heck you just put some fancy new plastic and now everyone wants to try it so it's not hard to sell the zone you can put anyone's name on it so i don't know i i think cannibalism might have been the right word i'll we'll leave that for a different debate okay um i will allow i'll allow myself to lose that battle though Okay. Um, okay, let's talk about the, let's talk about the Haley King situation. Yeah. So, the one thing that stood out to me, and someone also brought this up on Twitter, I believe, and I thought it was very interesting because they might have connected the dots before I even connected the dots. If you look at Discraft, Discraft has a very very nice way of introducing players to their team. Mm-hmm. Even if you go all the way back to when I signed with Discraft um, two years ago. It's, it's a very similar formula to 
them signing Chris Dickerson just recently, right? Yeah. It's it's the picking up at the airport. It's the walking through. Same thing when they did the re-sign for Missy Gannon at a hammies. They have a very similar kind of formula. Then you look over on uh, Dynamic Disc, right? Dynamic Disc, when they did the Kona and the Ricky announcement, big, big announcements. Yeah. Right? Now, the only thing I will say that kind of defeats the purpose of this whole idea is Innova doesn't really care about social media. Mm -hmm. But if you look at like Innova's announcement for Haley King, they're only really big new signee of the off season. Yeah. And you, and you put that up against the Kevin Jones video, the Ricky and Kona video, the Chris Dickerson video. It, it, it just doesn't really, it, it does seem like she basically did that kind of, on her own and she did the best that she did could do on her own it didn't seem like she had a lot of help in the production of that announcement video what are your thoughts on that i mean it's i think it goes back to the ricky player of the year the juliana corver rookie of the year like all these posts that people were saying like oh my gosh this is a sign this is no it's just that they don't really care about social media exactly is that the idea they just don't see the worth are they wrong in it? A hundred percent. There's no, I don't know how you can argue that it was a good idea because what happened in this case is Haley King posted on her YouTube channel announcing that she was going to Innova. Innova didn't post on their social media until today. And so the, today's post by Innova kind of got overshadowed by Dickerson's post when they could have posted with her yesterday. But it just like Innova for some reason just seems to take their own sweet time when it comes to social media on certain things. Why I don't know. Someone actually on Twitter, uh, before I get into like whether I think it was a good move for Haley or not, uh, someone on Twitter actually made a good point in saying that it Innova's kind of like the converse in the NBA, the shoe back in like the eighties, I think it was I was obviously wasn't around during then, but they were explaining that back in that time, the converse, everyone wore them. They were the standard. And then they didn't really see a super value in like paying players, marketing super hard because they were the guy. Everyone wore their shoes until Nike paid Michael Jordan. And then Jordan started wearing Nike shoes and eventually developed Air Jordans. And they invested into the player and the player then dominated the league wearing Nike shoes to where it became the thing that other players wanted to wear. People coming up in high school, college, all wanted to wear Nikes to where since Converse didn't adapt to the changing generation, the changing way to market in the NBA. Then now Converse, if a legitimate NBA basketball player walked out on the court in Converse, we're going to laugh at them because they didn't adapt. And so it's something where Converse are now kind of like this hipster skateboard, like you wear it like to kind of be like trendy type shoe, whereas it used to be the shoe of choice. And if you look at it kind of down the line, that's kind of what you might see uh, Innova turning into, unfortunately. Now, someone did say Nike owns Converse. I believe that was an acquisition that happened later on. But the initial thing was one company's dominant, one company's bursting onto the scene. The company bursting onto the scene saw the value in players, still does. The other company was like, we're the the goats. What are you going to do? And then they showed them. There it is. I also think... The word might have been saturation, but I still think cannibalism might be the better word. It's 
I, I did Isn't see some people saying cannibalism. It, I did no, see none of it makes none, self-cannibalism. That topic will never make sense because you're you're just you, using it the wrong way. <laughs> no, because cannibalism, you you're you're eating yourself. Like you could have sold yeah, so a self-cannibalism. Forced, yeah, you could have sold a force and a buzz, but because you made everyone have a buzz disc, you only sold one buzz. Yeah, cannibalism. But, you yeah. just ate yourself. You just got aided on. Sure. Yep. Get 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 eat. Get eaten. Okay. So okay. how do you feel about how do you feel about Haley? In the announcement video, it sounds like she does have a, a decent amount of time throwing Innova. Yeah. So it, it, it seems like it's a it seems like as far as that standpoint, if her feeling comfortable going there, I was a little I was a little shocked that no numbers came out. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Now that's an interesting topic that I was gonna bring up at some point tonight. Do you think that we're now in an era where if you don't announce numbers, it immediately, because this is where my head goes, it immediately 100%. makes you think that the deal's 100%. not strong. A hundred percent. So it's, it's weird because like before it was like, you don't announce numbers, you announce numbers, it is what it is. But now so many players have announced numbers that if you don't announce numbers, it's almost like, oh, uh, well, we know she didn't get the Kona deal. It's kind of like what there's, it tells me. There's no way if she got... Any, I would say if she got even close to the Kona deal, right? If she got four years, $100,000 guaranteed a year, I think you announced that. So I, I think it's going to put, I think it's going to put, again, at the end of the day, we're all speculating what's going to happen. If if Innova still is top king at yeah. the end of the day, and, and we're all going like scratching our heads being like, what the heck? They didn't pay any of their players, all this stuff. They don't care. They're laughing. They're, they're laughing to the bank, right? They, they don't mm-hmm. mind. So, but the question is: Is there going to be some speculation of when you sign somewhere? If there's not an announcement, are you going to have a bunch of people being like, "Well, heck, that person's not getting paid"? Yeah, I think that's exactly what's going on. But as far as like her being comfortable going to Innova and all that, one thing is we're still in the generation of players where the majority of players on tour right now, even probably the next few players, like next maybe year or two of new players on tour, were introduced to the sport through Innova. So there is something nostalgic about putting Innova discs back in, I would say, 90% of touring players' hands. Um, so Innova is a type company where it's, even if you've never thrown it, it's very easy to adjust to because it's kind of like most modern day models were based on Innova discs. So you're like, oh, this T-Bird feels just like my whatever. This Destroyer feels just like the Zeus or Force uh, that I was throwing. And so it's pretty easy to adapt to that. Yeah. So play-wise, I don't see any anything going downhill for, for Haley. The only thing I find interesting is it seems like to Haley, this is a move of wanting to be the face, wanting to be the top dog at a company. And moving you to Innova... And moving to Innova... For right now, great. You you are the face of FPO. As soon as Evelina and Henna get back over here, what does that do yeah. to her? That's going to be an interesting question. And then the the flip side of that is Discraft has been taking a lot of time building building her brand, building all the players' brands, all of that. If you're a player at Innova, you essentially, from what I've seen, have to be committed to doing things outside of your company to build your own brand. They're two, the two biggest names, the biggest faces at their company right now, I would argue, Big Germ and Nate Sexton. 
have their big names because Jomez. of every, everything they've done with Jomez. So that's not end of a building their brand up. Their brand has gotten built by a third party using social media. So if it, I'm Haley good, King, that's something I have to point. take into consideration is like the company I'm going to, they might promise me things, but they have a reputation of not building players' brands up. And that's something that I personally think Haley King is going to need. But what, what about you? Well, yeah, I mean, I think you bring up a really good point because obviously we talked about Dickerson going to Discraft makes a lot of sense because he seems like someone that isn't as active on social media or necessarily doesn't want to be as active on social media. And Discraft can kind of help him in that regard. Haley mm-hmm. King also very similar kind of in that in that regard of like doesn't really want is more on the shy side. You know, you, you go and watch some of her YouTube videos that she's been in. Definitely more on the shy side. And so you've got Discraft basically helping you kind of push you in front of the cameras and get you out there. Now you're going to someone like Innova, like you said. I I don't I don't know, but she might be she might be on the other side. And and there are going to be players like this that say, you know what, I don't care about social media. Yeah. I don't care about how many Instagram followers I have. I don't care about how many likes I get on Twitter. I don't care about any of that crap. I'm gonna show up and beat you. And that's what I care about. And honestly, I think we're going to get to a point where those players almost kind of get a boost and get mad respect because the fans are going to start getting tired of hearing people talk all the time on social media. Yeah, I'm just saying it from experience. I know it happens. If you can't back it up out in the course, you're going to get slammed. And once you start getting slammed, it's really, really hard to take that. And so I think there is something to be said about those players that say, hey, you can you can sit over there and take selfies and do all that stuff. I'm too busy in the gym. I'm too busy on the course. I'm too busy doing field work. I'm going to show you what it's all about. Now, they obviously, the dollars aren't there right now for it to make sense in the sense of like, you are going to be missing out short term on the money that you could be making on social media that people are kind of cashing in right now. Mm-hmm. But long-term, long-term that, I mean, that is, there, there are a lot of, I mean, there are a lot of guys on the PJ tour, for example, that do not do their own social media. Yeah. They're very active on social media, but they are, they're not doing it themselves because they know how much time and effort it takes into doing. And they know that if they go out and win at the end of the day, that's going to be the most important it's a lot easier to get a lot of likes on your post after a tournament holding a trophy saying, I just crushed the field, than making a post going, you know, just was my week. I just missed some putts, you know, all this stuff. So yeah. well, I think, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, I had a thought and it is escaping me rapidly. It was about social media and gosh darn it, it was a good thought. Um <laughs> shoot i hate when that happens but essentially what I, i'm gonna just start i'm gonna just start talking and see if it comes if i end up there uh social start media cannibalism no we're not starting there okay dang it Hunter. the poll i won the poll that's all i'm saying oh silas said he won the poll i don't even know what that means how did silas even put up a poll oh. i saw it silas oh. put up a poll. i know exactly yeah. what i was about to say the thing with social media that you have to think about too is it doesn't matter how nice of a person, how good of a person you are, whatever. There's going to be people out there that just don't like you as a person. 
So no matter, like Dickerson is a great example, extremely nice person. The more that people get to know him, there's going to be people that for some reason don't like him. Just no matter how nice you are, no matter what happens. But if you're quiet, you put your head down and you win, you're at least eliminating that side. So where you might gain a lot of fans on social media side, where you're able to move the plastic in the short term, like you're saying, there's also some people that, you know, just might come across on social media the wrong way. Great example, Austin Hannum. I, I liked what he was originally trying to do with his hot takes, but eventually his hot takes probably cost him more than they helped him in the long run because people just ended up being like, I'm never buying from anything Austin Hannum's related to because his hot takes, you know, he just went a little bit too far sometimes. And therefore he like opened up the doors to like, hey, I'm gonna put myself out there on social media. And that ended up hurting him a little bit. So that's the other, the other thing some players have to take into consideration is like, if I'm Haley King, there's a chance that I'm like, hey, if I just put my head down and I win 10 tournaments this year, I'm going to gain way more fans than if I just get on YouTube, you know, do some practice rounds, do some stuff like that and win once on tour. Yeah, quick, quick, quick story. So this was back in the Vine day. Uh, this one of my friends that I, a friend of a friend, rather, I knew was like, hey, my friend's really, really good at singing. Do you think you could help them like kind of get their singing career going on social media? And I was like, sure, I'll, I'll throw it up and uh, see what happens, right? Mm-hmm. They they go up on, I think I posted them on Vine or something like that. It was either YouTube or Vine. And within the first hour or two, you know, there's 100 comments. And literally, I get a text from the person saying, hey, take the video down. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? And they're like, take the video down. I was like, what are you talking about? And they're like, I don't want it on there anymore. I, I saw a comment saying that I suck at singing. I don't want it on there. Uh, and I went on, the, I went on the comments. It was like 95%, maybe 97% all really positive. Yeah. But there like, it is what you're saying. There's always going to be people that are negative. But the thing is, is like, if you only have a hundred fans, there's only three people that are negative. If you have a million fans, quick math. That's 3,000? No, what? 30. Did I do that right? 30,000, I think. 30,000? Not quick math. Uh, and so that is something to think about, too, as far as like the Austin Hannum thing is. I don't think necessarily his takes got worse. I think what ended up happening is more people saw his takes. Yeah. And so and so when you start adding in more and more people, that can happen. So the, the whole Haley King thing of I'm going to keep my head down and just play – it's not a bad strategy if you don't want to, you know, take on the um, the, the the mean evil well, social media. It's not a bad strategy as will. long as you can win. Correct. Yes. If you put your head down and don't use social media and you end up being the fourth or fifth best player in the world on FPO, your voice isn't like it. It's not really going to work out that well overall. Sex, Sexton and uh, people are talking about Sexton and Big Germ. They might be some of the smarter people in disc golf. Absolutely. Because they saw something. Now, obviously, we don't know exactly where the Jomez is going to go as far as live coverage and all that stuff moving forward. There will always be, you know, Jomez will always be a a, a, a mecca uh, disc golf media company. Yeah. Um, but we don't know about the live, we don't know about the post produced commentary and all that stuff. But they were very, very smart to say, hey, we got something here. With this, you know, you know, Jomez kind of fan base situation, 
and they 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 might be some of the smarter people in disc golf because they they uh they're they're racking in the dough without having to necessarily go out on tour and really you know Sexton obviously had some incredible finishes you know Big Germ always really a threat at Waco and a couple other tournaments throughout the year um, but they're not having to necessarily go out and grind and necessarily like be super competitive at all the events and then also on top of that they're not necessarily also having to create a lot of content on their own mm-hmm. Jomez is kind of doing that and they just are showing up and doing what they're doing best which is just being in front of a camera and uh and adding commentary to stuff so um it, it is I don't know. They might they might be smart. Yuli too kind of fits that bill too, also jumping in yeah. on Jomez. Well okay. it's also like players jumping on this uh the GK Pro skins, like Luke Humphreys and stuff like that. Yeah, Luke Humphreys is another good example with GK GK sprint uh pro skins. So um okay, let's talk real quick about one I got I, I want to get to Silas here in a second. So Silas, don't think that I'm not coming to you, so you get ready. Uh but I do want to talk about the Paige Pierce tournament. I didn't get to see her interview, I think she did an interview with Johnny Discoff. She did an interview with someone. Oh, I didn't see that either. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but it, 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 and I thought it was interesting. In the title, it said something along the lines of, like, why did I play in the C tier? And initially, my thought just went to, like, she's trying to get to a 1,000 rating or something and thought, like, jumping in the C tier, you know, because this, I guess, it was right before uh, a uh, ratings update. Uh-huh. So initially, that, that was my thought process. But I think... After hearing some other people talk about it, oh, do I need to put my laptop here? I, I can set it here. Yeah, that'd be Kelsey great. Just said I have to, Kelsey said I have to lower my voice, so you guys might have to juice me. I think I'm getting a little too excited out here on the patio, and people are starting to look over here. <laughs> um, I'm going I'm to I'm talk a little softer. Um, I think actually what it turned out being was um, there is a, a – uh, situation in that local community where let me try and find her name hold on because i want to i want to make sure i got all the information right uh where is this tournament is this it the jubilee this is it right here okay so it's a little c-tier tournament and i believe yeah her i believe her name is chloe alice so uh Chloe has transitioned uh, over into um, playing now on the FPO. And I think that the situation right there, I think Zach called me on Twitter and was kind of explaining the situation of where some of the local players, Mm -hmm. female players dropped out of the tournament. And uh, I think that was the reason why Paige ended up playing in it was to kind of show support because there's been, you know, obviously this is this is a topic that's been kind of going on as well. Um, someone said she made an Instagram post. I did not see that. Yeah, I that's the only on thing I'd seen didn't. was the Instagram post. Do you want to talk about the Instagram post? Because I clicked on it and maybe it's because I'm over here in Cabo. I couldn't. Yeah, I, I can read it. I, it wasn't. Yeah, read it off because it was not pulling up for me. So I wasn't able to see it. So go yeah, so it. I'll just read the whole the whole caption because this is all I've seen uh, regarding the situation. So Paige said, today was a blast. I played at my first event of the year in Fairhope, Alabama. I did not expect to see a gallery so big for an event of the size, but I was so stoked to see the support. I'm so glad I played uh, today. This was a great warm-up 
for playing in front of crowds again in just over a month. This isn't an event I would typically play in, being that it was during my offseason and was a lower tier of an event, but I wanted to talk with you all about why I chose to play. It was a local event, and I started to hear talk around town that there was a big group of women that had initially signed up for the event, only to later drop out of the division because one of the competitors is transgender. I wanted to stop here and take a breath. Or sorry, I want to stop here and take a breath. I'm not sure my exact opinions on what quote-unquote should happen yet. Should we have separate divisions? Should we test hormone levels of every competitor? I don't know. But should we band together and leave them behind? Heck no. I'm sorry for my language. See, she didn't say heck. Sorry. Uh, I'm sorry for my language, but I feel very strongly about this. One of my favorite parts of disc golf as a young girl was that I could be friends with a 40-year-old man, 65-year-old woman, and it was perfectly accepted. We are all part of the Frisbee family. We're all doing our part to find our own happiness. As I'm right this, I'm finding that I am going to make a New Year's resolution. Whenever I hear someone passing judgment towards another, I don't nod or let it pass. I stop them in their tracks and remind them we are all human. Let's spread love, not hate. Yeah. So I, I think that's, I think that was a really good post from her. Obviously I'm on the same board uh, uh, on the sense that, you know, we should never, no matter what the situation is, we should never spread hatred and we should never make someone feel like they're not included. I think, and again, this is, you know, we've got three guys all talking about the FPO division here. Mm -hmm. This is a topic that I think as far as what should happen in the future, I think the voices from the FPO division, and this is kind of something I was talking on Twitter spaces a little earlier, the the voices on the FPO division should hold a lot more weight than ours. And hopefully maybe like when I'm in studio, will I be in studio next? When do we leave? I will not be in studio. Dang. But maybe in the future we can have some FPO players on to voice their opinions, whether for or against or what should happen in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I do think their voices should hold a lot more weight. And my, my way of like kind of explaining that is, you know, when we talk about stuff a lot of times on this show, most of the time we are talking about changes or whatever we want to see in the pro tour and not changes and stuff we want to see at the amateur level. Right. Mm -hmm. So this is where it's kind of interesting. Now, the one, the one thing that the one thing that is interesting on this is the question of like exclusion. Right. So in my mind, exclusion means like you are not being allowed to play. You're being excluded from being able to go and compete. Right. So I would consider myself, I'm excluded from playing uh, a master's event or a master's division because of my age, right? I'm not allowed to go. I don't, is that the right word excluded? Would you use that word or is it different? Uh, I mean, yeah, you would be excluded. Yeah. Like the master's is an exclusive event. Because I would say, again, I, I don't think I know exactly what should happen in the future. And again, I think the FPO players should hold way more than where we are. But I don't know if exclusion is correct is the correct term because anyone can play in open, right? So you're never in a situation where you're excluded from being able to play actual disc golf because there is an open division, mm-hmm. correct? Correct. Is that kind of like this terminology? And then the other, the other interesting thing is, I don't know, someone in chat said, I think thir- there might have been 13 uh, players that were going to play in FPO, and mm-hmm. they ended up dropping down to rec, I believe. Mm. And so that's the other, the other kind of question is, 
you know, Paige ended up supporting Chloe, but Paige didn't end up supporting the 13 women that felt like it wasn't fair. So mm-hmm. that's where it's going to be real, real interesting because you're going to have people on both sides. And again, the, the, the idea is, I don't know if exclusion was the correct term because they w- no player was not allowed to play. Well, it I think the certain, certain divisions, right? Uh, yeah. I think technically it, you're, go ahead. I was gonna say, I think exclusion is being used, I guess not technically like literally in that, like the player cannot play, but exclusion Fair more enough. so like you feel like the, they don't want the player to feel excluded from the sport or from the event or whatever it may be, Fair. if that makes sense. Yeah. So I think no, that's fair. more where that's yeah, coming from. That makes sense. Now, yeah. I personally, I think that this is an issue. We've talked about it before. Uh, it's going to keep coming up. To me, I don't think it's really going to hit its friction until there is a player that has transitioned and then dominates or wins in a fashion that makes people be like, okay, what's going on here? Because if like this tournament, for example... Chloe ended up four strokes ahead of Paige round one. Paige beat her by eight strokes round two, one by four. And Paige, the first round, to be clear, didn't play great. So it's not like Paige shot 990 and was down by four strokes like some people were trying to make it seem like on Facebook. Um, So in this case, it was like, if no one had told you that Chloe was a transgender, you would not have known looking at what went on in the tournament. It would have been like, wow, Paige didn't have a good first round. Because you can look at the ratings and see that. And then be like, oh, and Paige came back and she won. Like, that makes sense. What's going to... I don't think we're really going to see this come to a head or really be put to the fire of like, okay, disc golf has to make a decision until there is a player that transition and then is dominant for a stretch or for a major tournament or something along those lines. That's when things are really going to get interesting. But I do... Uh, Paige is the first player that I've seen personally take say something say something about it and that's what i like is like you're saying i mean i i will never have this personal experience as an fpo player or anything along those lines to know where they're going to stand so the more fpo players that make their opinions heard uh, and you can in a way say the 13 fpo players that dropped or moved to a different division made their opinions heard obviously Paige's voice is louder um but well, I was gonna say too, you're not gonna hear anything too because right now FPO players could play in the MPO, so there will mm-hmm. never be a situation where a woman transitions to a man and then plays in the MPO, and now all of a sudden people are saying, "Hey, this isn't fair," because right now anyone can play in the MPO. Yeah, right. It's an open. It's an open field. Correct. Um, I think what you're saying is true. I think it's obviously going to get a lot more heated and a lot more brought up. Yes, brought up a lot more talked about when there is a player like that. Mm-hmm. But also you got to think like, is there any, I mean, you've probably played in a lot more C and B tiers than I have. Is there kind of this idea of like you enter into a tournament and when you enter in, you're like, Oh snap, I have a chance of winning this. And then all of a sudden a local pro or, or pro that uh, isn't from the area, but is just in town signs up and is, you know, 20, 30 rating points higher than everyone else is there like this thought of like this not not in the same sense of what people were saying exclusion or feeling like you don't belong but isn't there this idea of like people don't aren't really a fan of that like no one's really excited that oh yay this 10 20 rate guy is now playing in my local c tier event and we're always going to get smacked up 
You're just saying like in a tournament in general? Yeah, just yeah, like, like in general. If I roll like up, the local Yeah, I've rolled up to a tournament before and no one good like great is registered and I'm like, oh, here we go. And then I show up and Chris Dickerson and Zach Melton showed up and I like we all know we're playing for third. Yeah. So I think that's happened. Before. I think where I think you know, if Paige, for example, did not play in this event, mm-hmm. right? Chloe would have won, correct? I think Chloe took second. Well, yes, but we don't know the thirteen players that changed divisions. We don't, we don't know where they might have ended up. At. We don't know where they would have ended up. But I think, I think what you're saying is, uh, I think what you're saying is 100 percent accurate in the sense that when it gets on the grand scheme of things and the big scale, we're going to hear more people talk about it. Yes, but if it's ha- if it's happening right now, where players are feeling like they're they're at an unfair advantage, if you will. Um, you know, I still don't think their voices are getting hurt because they don't have as big of a platform as someone like Paige may do. Correct. Have, right. And that's where I think so, what the the post Paige made, she didn't take a strong stance of like, this is what needs to happen. She was basically saying like, hey, yeah. disc golf's for everyone. True. And we need to make everyone feel welcomed on the course. True. So like what she's saying is just like, hey, it doesn't matter where you stand or don't stand on this. Like you as a human being should treat everyone else as another human being and never make them feel like crap for coming out and trying to just play the sport. And that as the true point, if we can't, if everyone in the sport can't at least agree agree upon that, no matter where you stand on the fence, then yeah, these issues are going to be blown way out of proportion and get worse and worse. Because at the end of the day, you want a situation where it's fair for everyone involved and everyone feels welcome on the course. Is that going to happen? Honestly, no. There's no there's no scenario where everyone feels welcomed and everyone feels like it's a hundred percent fair for them. Because like like you said with the Chris Dickerson and Zach Melton situation, I can walk into that tournament and be like, Yeah, that wasn't fair for me, but it was fair because that's what yes, that's how I the think- rules were and that's how everything they no one did anything that was unfair. I just lost. But there's gonna be people that I could walk away from the tournament and be like, That was unfair to me. And so no matter what happens, people are going to think that way. Uh, I think but. that's I think I think that's the main point at the end of the day is whether or not you think it's fair or not right now that is the situation what Chloe did or anyone else in that situation is doing is in all means by the rules yes and if you think the rules aren't fair then you should be going to the people or you should be talking about the rules specifically and we should not be attacking the people that are following those rules exactly I think that is I think that is that is key. You cannot get mad at a person for doing exactly what they're supposed to do. Like Correct. you cannot get mad at the at the person. If you're upset about this, yes, write the PDGA, let the PDGA know, let whoever know, or if you support this, do the same thing. But don't get mad at the person or the player, in this case Chloe, don't get mad at Chloe or if you're a local player, you shouldn't make Chloe feel unwelcomed at the course or anything because what what what's she supposed to do? Played completely by the rules. If you don't like the rules, then get mad at the rules. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Um, let's move on to Silas here. Silas, how are you feeling with the 1,000 next to your name? Oh, it's great. Was, yeah. You know, Silas I, is the newest 1,000 rated player. Whoa. Just whoa. Kidding, yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what changes have happened in life? Have you had companies reach out to you to try to send you free product and uh, stuff? Not what? quite. Not quite. I don't, I don't think we're quite there yet, but... Uh, you know, appreciate everyone that uh, followed. Obviously, you know we got a big giveaway coming. Uh, stay tuned for that. But uh, yeah, man, exciting stuff. 
Things are happening. What, are you, what uh what plans do you have right now to try to beat uh the front runners in Connor or not Connor? Connor's Connor's Connor you might be passing Connor soon if Connor doesn't watch out. Mm. Oh. What plans, yeah, what's what Connor? Plans do you have to beat I'll hold up. Okay. He's only a couple hundred more than you. But what plans do you have uh, to take down the front runners in Hunter and Trevor right now? You know, Hunter has his thing. He's the leak guy. Trevor just Trevor's I'm not the, the leak guy. I'm not the leak guy. <laughs> Trevor's the Trevor's. I, I like to think of Trevor as like the meme guy. Um, so you know, I just gotta find my niche, and and you know, we'll figure it out as we go. How yeah. did how did it feel? How did it feel to have a. Uh, Granted, it wasn't it wasn't really directed towards your tweet. It was more towards the uh, Austin Hannum response to your tweet. Oh, but uh, how did it feel to to hit kind of the front page of Disc Golf Reddit? Is that what happened? Time? Yeah, you're yeah. You're, you're I see. Going see on Reddit. I'm, I'm not on Reddit, so I don't I don't <laughs> I don't follow those things. But it's, it, it was that's up probably there? a good thing. That's probably a good thing, Silas. I would not. I would say that Reddit is if you're not on Reddit. Yeah, I would. It would not be a it. place. To, yeah, it would not be a place to jump your jump into and see what's going on over there. It's it's gotcha. probably best for you to stay off. Wait, of it. it's but just yeah. like Twitter, right? Kind of. No. No. More worse. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's more anonymous than Twitter. Oh, I see. Um, Connor has you by three hundred and four followers All right. on Twitter, so you're definitely closing well, you down on him. Uh, closing you, in. You can get that by the end of the by the end of the day. Yeah, closing you can definitely in. get it. Um, FDG underscore Silas. So Silas, I'm gonna give you a platform here <laughs> to explain your tweet a little bit because some people I think okay. just didn't understand what you were saying. So let me find the tweet that <clears throat> was used here. Um, people, people not understanding Silas's tweet. Oh, no. here I got wow. it. I got it. Come on. You want me to read it? Yeah, you, you want can me to read it. Oh, here you go. I found it. Okay, cool. Silas tweeted. I mean, there has to be so many MPO players jealous of Kona's contract. This was right after Kona's contract came out. Yeah. So, what did you mean by that? What did I mean by that? Well, just well, like I, I'm giving you a platform the, to explain it beyond the characters I mean, allowed on Twitter. Okay, there's not, there's not, there's not a whole lot of explanation to it, but you know, I just think the the uh, the numbers were released, mm-hmm. right? For her contract, and I think a lot of MPO players are, were rethinking their contracts. Yeah, um, because of that. That that's that's go. basically it. Yeah. yeah, I think some people were saying like I think you have to you have I, to say here's what I you have I, to rethink through filters eventually because yeah. like Brody and I have both been through this a number of times where you think of a tweet in your head yeah. and you send it and you're like that everyone's going to understand exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. And then people read it and people are like, oh, by Silas tweeting this, he thinks that all MPO players must think that they should make more than all FPO players and therefore they're going to be mad that a, a woman's making more than them. No. Exactly. That, that, that just wasn't the case. I know, but I'm saying that's what you, like when, uh, when you're tweeting and stuff, yeah. people will just take it and run with it and be like, this is what they had to mean. There's no way he could possibly mean something else. And I, uh, we're all sitting here like, no, what, this, what are you This is the reason, because... Because I think some people are, you know, I did see someone in the chat talk about how uh, thinking that that tweet was somehow sexist in a way. Yeah. The, no. This is the thing. If someone comes out, th- that was the first, that was like the first like reasonable number that's come out mm-hmm. where there are people on the MPO, on MPO uh, that potentially be looking at that being like, what the heck? Ricky's yeah. deal, Paul's deal, Chris Dickerson's deal now. The only people that really could be like looking at themselves being like, Hmm, why am I not getting, it's probably Calvin. Calvin's probably right. the only one. Well, the that top players. At those, 
Like, like yeah. top 10. So when Kona's deal came out, that was like actually money that some MPO player could look at and be like, oh, that makes sense. No MPO player is going to be like, oh, Ricky's making a million dollars and I'm only making 50000 right. and I'm number 30 in the world. This is ridiculous. Right. So I think that's – I think it's the same thing if if someone's like uh, – let's say uh, uh, someone that just resigned – I think Presnell. Did Presnell resign to Discraft? Uh, I believe he did this year, yeah. Yeah, I think he just resigned. So if Presnell's deal was public – and came out and said that he was making $100,000 for three years or whatever, mm-hmm. then I think that same that same tweet could have gone out. Definitely. Saying, like, how many guys are looking... Because I think that was the first tweet that... Or the first number in a contract that other players could be looking at and being like, hey, what's going on? My numbers aren't matching up. Right. To yeah, it definitely wasn't... It wasn't a sexist thing or, or anything like that. It was just more of the, the numbers and... It, it it was one of those contracts where it was a more feasible contract, like you were saying earlier. You know, like uh, Ricky Ricky's num I think he's number one in the world right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and uh, yeah, so he's number one in the world. So you know, the contract his his new contract, uh, people aren't questioning that because he's the number one in the world. He should be getting one of the top contracts in the world. Yeah. Um, so that that's kind of also. Kona also is like what is she is she nine in the world for FPO? I believe so. I think yes. top ten, definitely yeah. top so ten. So she's also probably the lowest rate rank rated ranked rated lowest ranked, ranked, play, ranked yeah ranked, ranked ranked lowest ranked player that we've actually heard from right. Everyone else yes. is like all top five. Kristen Tatar. Everyone's deals are all top five deals. So um, I think again, like it would be really interesting for like a person that is in the top 20 right like someone that's 18th like what is that person getting you right know? so um th- these are all just kind of inf- information that people want so yeah I-, I don't think it was a big deal definitely definitely not nearly as big as the tmz story with uh <laughs> hunter and ricky so i think you're off the hook there silas all right yeah, there you go the, the coast is clear um that's all i really had to talk about i don't know if you guys want to bring in a couple comments maybe on youtube in yeah, we like can. Of, um, we're not gonna have we're not gonna have calls, obviously, on this podcast. No, so you got. Do you still have some uh, some time? I didn't know if you had time uh, restrictions. What's our time situation? Do I have ten minutes? I've got ten minutes. Ten minutes. So we'll take one one topic. Uh, you can put some topics that you suggest in the chat, and we'll take one and then debate it, talk about it, whatever it may be. Uh, so we'll give it some time because there is a stream delay for some people to start throw in some topics in there but silas what it so have you decided on your niche what's going to be your thing i got the chat pulled up so i'll pull, I'll oh, pull okay one. cool 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 um do you have uh, like have a I niche decided for, on my niche for twitter like uh, what are you what are you going to focus on i don't know well i'm starting this new plastic addict uh show there you go so stay tuned for the blog stay tuned on fdnsports.com if you haven't been there check that out uh it's where we're gonna have basically everything we do in in one centralized area so Podcast, YouTube, stories, golf. I want to know. Everything. Nice. Does Silas? What 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 happens first? Silas hitting a thousand rated uh, for disc golf, or hitting a hundred thousand followers on Twitter? Neither will ever happen. <laughs> okay, uh, I got a I got a good 
<laughs> I've got, the, this is actually a really early suggestion. I think he said it multiple times throughout the show, but I really like this question. I think it's a good way to wrap up the show. RJ said, what company and or player is under the most pressure in 2022? Ooh, so now that so now that things have all shifted around, Ooh. we still don't know where Katrina Allen's going to end up. But now that things have all shifted around, what company or player is going to be under the most pressure in 2022? I'll let each of us have uh, each of us have an answer. Let's, let's do company and player. Though. Company and player. Okay. Yes. Uh, who wants to go first? Yeah. I don't have one yet, I'm so someone thinking. else, please go first. Brody, what you got? Um, I'll do company. I'll go first with company. Okay, okay. let's all do company. Let's all do and then company we'll all and do come player. back to player. Yeah, okay, perfect. Brody, we'll start with you. I'm gonna go with Innova. Okay. I think I think they're the clear as far as silencing. Kind of, I, I still think their fan base is super loyal, whether they you know have the players or not. But I do think there are a, there's a lot of chatter from people saying like they messed up this off season. And so I think they have a lot of pressure on themselves to kind of still prove themselves to be the, the thing. And obviously, you know, with Discraft bringing in the players that they're bringing in and bringing back the players that they're bringing back, I think it's clear that Discraft is making a move to trying to be the top dog in the disc golf space. Um, they already are the top dog in Ultimate. Frisbee, I don't even think Innova's even really trying that much on the ultimate Frisbee side. Um, so I think I think it's going to be Innova to prove that they still are a top dog in disc golf. So I'm going company-wise. I think Dynamic Discs is under the most pressure here. Really? Because they've shelled out a lot of money this offseason. Uh, they've landed four big players, honestly, because you have Valerie Mandahano, Mason Ford. You can also throw Gavin Rathbun in there and Ricky. Uh, so a lot of big players that have been landed, and it's basically a question of what can they do with them now that they have them, because for a long time they just haven't had the star power. So they got Ricky and Kona, faces of the company. I think they're under the most pressure as to like what can we do now that we're paying out you know 1.2 or however many million dollars it is a year to these players. All right, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go with MVP here. Oh, interesting. Little, little. Wow. Okay, let's you go, would. Silas. Just, just cause you I th- would, cannibal. What do you, you mean? Cannibal. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what is this guy talking about? Uh, uh, he's got uh, I'm going with sometimes. <laughs> I'm going with MVP just because yeah, I think they do have Sarah Hokum. They do have James Conrad. Will James Conrad perform in this next season? I don't know. He is the world. He's the reigning world champion. Um uh, I I just think they are under the most pressure. Um, they just they just they're pushing out they're pushing out good plastic. They 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 make some good stuff, but I mean I don't I think I think a lot of the other companies are doing things right and and doing things doing things good. Interesting. I I might have put MVP as one of the companies under the least amount of pressure. But Why is hey, that? It is what it. Well, I mean, what what happened this offseason with MVP? They still have their world champion. No one left their team. That's been a big news story. We haven't really seen anyone come to their team. It's been a big news story. Well, like they're just a non-factor next season. To be fair, though, Silas did just throw them on like on blast. So like he did. they are on the hot. So now, the, now I guess now they. The I, I feel like now they, just they need to pressure. prove themselves. That's true. Okay. I, I don't think they've they've proved themselves in the disc golf scene yet. Okay. All right, Brody I Player. The, I, 
I have the best player, and no one, no one's gonna be better than this, and that's fine. That's okay? fine. All right, you let's guys hear can it. all take. You guys all take a second. It's Calvin Heinberg. Okay? Oh, it's Calvin Heinberg. It's Calvin Heinberg for two reasons. One, it's Calvin Heinberg because he needs to he needs to get over the hump, right? He's gotten so close to winning, 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 winning. He obviously, I believe, was it Ledgestone that him and Ricky tied? Yes. Yep. Okay, but he hasn't gone out and actually been able to to take advantage on some of these really awesome opportunities that he's put himself in and get some W's. So that's one reason. The second reason is he's sitting back right now and seeing all these massive contracts. Mm. He knows that if he goes out and has a good season this year and wins, 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 he is going to be setting himself up for a huge contract. If he goes out and doesn't have a good good season – and Ricky, Paul, Simon, Eagle, KJ, all these other guys are just kind of moving up. He's going to be kind of left behind in the dust. So I think Calvin is going to have a lot of pressure on himself to go out there and play well um, because he knows. Uh, and again, maybe maybe this isn't even coming into his head, but he has a lot, a lot to gain from going out and having a good season this year. Okay, yeah. I've was, That player did not even come to my mind. Calvin didn't, but that's some great points made there. The first player that came to my mind and the one I'm going with is Kona Panis because she now has the largest public FPO contract. Um, again, we all assume Pages is bigger, but Pages isn't public right now. So she's tied, tied with, with Kristen Tatar. In the world. Yeah. yeah, she's tied with Kristen Tatar for the largest public contract. There's already been some murmurs back and forth in comment sections of like, why is she getting it, blah, blah, blah. And people are saying, oh, it's her social media, which if you've watched Kona's you know, talking about her own game and stuff. I don't think when her career is done that she wants to be remembered as the social media person. I think she wants to be remembered as a world champion and a dominant player on the course. And I think that this contract is putting faith in her to become that player over the next four years. And so that's why I think personally, going into this year, Kona's under the most pressure because if she performs no one's able to say anything because they're like, yeah, that makes sense. If she doesn't, the haters are going to get louder and louder as the year goes on. And if she's constantly coming in 10th, 9th, 11th, whatever it may be, kind of around that 10th place, then, you know, their criticisms will pick up steam because they'll have more and more facts to throw. Whereas if she can come out and pop off in the top five, top three, a few times early in the season, maybe even get a win at Waco again or something like that, she'll shut them up real quick. So I think Kona's under the most pressure coming into the, into the season. A good answer. All right, I'm going so with yeah, I'm going with Kevin Jones. Nice, I like it. Uh, just because he just signed a massive contract. Um, if he doesn't perform, uh, if he doesn't perform, I think that Prodigy really isn't going to have a face to the company. Well, the other issue, sadly, with, the other thing that I think puts Kevin under a lot of pressure is he uh, Prodigy essentially bet their entire team on him, right? Because exactly. They, they lost Chris. So if he doesn't Katrina. win, then I mean their their company's kind of going. The other thing they have for south. him for them, Prodigy, is they do still have Gannon Burr for two years. Gannon Burr might become a better player than Kevin Jones in the next two years. That's true. They both are uh, on the up and up. So Kevin Jones could just keep taking off, but Gannon Burr is only sixteen uh, years old and is already filthy. So I, we'll but have don't to see. forget, man. I think some people forget real quick that. You know, they look back to see just see like d- wins and losses, and they forget like how close sometimes people are. I don't forget Kevin. Kevin, Jones, Kevin is a very solid player, but Gannon Burr he, is a 
a dominant force that's coming up MPL. No, I, I don't disagree that. I'm just saying Kevin Jones was not that far off. A couple a couple better uh throws or a couple like you know rolls that don't go that go his way. And he's walking away with two or three wins last yeah. year. So someone in the um, chat made a very good point, and uh, uh, someone should like make this a meme, but just have Prodigy like on Kevin's back. Yeah, because no, like, that's literally how the company essentially, is. Essentially, right yeah, like essentially, if Kevin Jones comes out and dominates this season, like if he's able to pick up like two wins on the Pro Tour and maybe be at least in contention at some majors, people are gonna forget real quick that Chris Dickerson and Katrina Allen played for Prodigy. But if Kevin comes out and is getting beat by Dickerson week in and week out, that's going to be tough. That's going to be really tough. I think that's the pressure. These, these noise-canceling headphones, I can't hear how long, loud I'm talking, but apparently I'm talking to everyone in this resort. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, they all, they all need to hear about disc golf, man. This is good. You're, you're growing the fair, sport. To be fair, hashtag grow the sport, exactly. There you go. Everyone's like, what the heck? People are making millions of dollars? What is this guy talking about? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, all right. Well, um, yeah, to be fair, though, it's the headphones, okay? Like, like it's really hard to hear how loud I'm talking because I can't hear myself. Someone You're said right. I, can, I can hear Brody all the way in Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that far away from here. We're, that's a little bit north of where we are. Um, will I get a good, good tan? No, absolutely not. I we're leaving tomorrow. My tan, my tan's gonna be non-existent. No one wants to hear about that either. But uh, yeah, this was a good episode, everyone. Hey, we did it. From this is how it's gonna be when I'm on tour too. It's gonna be like kind of some dark horse situations. We'll, we'll be able to. Out. We'll figure out Twitter Spaces before you go on tour. That's a Silas Isaacson guarantee. Yeah, man. We I need got to figure you. that out. We're gonna figure it out. Hey, figure, I promise. We'll figure it out. We need to figure that out, and then also I'm hoping that like. The internet I stay at's good. Mm. Yeah, that's also that's also another big. That, one. That's also a big that, deal. Yeah. Or what? Am I just gonna be like chilling in Starbucks doing the podcast? Well, if we're able to find out Twitter Spaces, we just might not have camera for you, but you can at least use your like 4G on your on your phone. So that is true. I I just come in as the voice of, re- of reason. Um, okay, I think we all learned something today, though. Uh, cannibalism is bad. It's never good. Did we ever? Did we learn that? Thought we all knew. I that. mean, I won the poll. That's Thought everyone knew that. You only do cannibalism when your life is on the line. So I think we all learned that, and that's a good thing. And I'm glad everyone's taking that from this uh, podcast. All right, there you have it. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We'll be back live streaming. I was going to say same time, same place, but we should be an hour later next week. Uh, but same place, right here on the Foundation Podcast Network.